cool. Uh, this is an internal podcast. Internal podcast. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dirt Talk Internal Podcast. We're here. We're here. Uh, I would say it's not a stretch to say that you had a more strenuous weekend than I had. Yeah, it wasn't even slightly relaxing. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> no, I am just drained physically and mentally and emotionally. I'm just beat. Mm-hmm. I am pretty beat right now. I, I have not been this beat in a little bit. So comparing it to like, say, a typical two-day like backpacking weekend, like how much more beat than a typical backpacking weekend? Um, so the trails we did were probably the gnarliest trails I've done ever. Uh, they were ridiculously steep, very unmaintained. Uh, very unmaintained mm. so you're bushwhacking the entire time Ugh. you're rolling over logs going under fallen trees slipping on stuff it's just non it was it was gnarly 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 terrain yeah so there was that and and it's with a pack on so it's if anybody's ever backpacked hiking with 40 50 pounds is a lot different than hiking it's just a different if it's a different world, yeah. your, your body, it just works your body in different ways. Um, so that was that. But I physically and honestly wasn't that bad. I could have uh, I could have just kept going. Um, it was more so. So this was this guy, Chad Wright, three to seven project. He was a seal up until 2019 where oh, wow. he was medically retired. So he was in the teams for 12 years, I think it was. Sounds like a long time. It's a long time. It's a long time for that harsh of a lifestyle and career. Um, It's uh, he has a crazy story because they wouldn't let him into the military with this rare heart defect he had. So he got heart surgery to get into buds in the first place. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's it's a wild story. Um, How, How old is he? Mm, like mid thirties, okay. like 34, 35. Got so it. he's still pretty young because mm-hmm. in the seals, you basically, you go through buds like early, early twenties. Mm-hmm. You can go as early as 18, 19 years old. Typically it's like 20, 21, 22, 23. When you start getting to your late twenties, it starts to get a little shaky. They might not let you in at that point because mm-hmm. they're putting, there's the physical requirements one, but it's mostly they're putting so much, uh, the U.S. government's putting so much money into these people. They need them to have a long career after they yeah. invest in them. <laughs> they have to hang around for a while. Yeah, it's a huge financial investment in all of these, all of these guys. So they have to be, uh, they have to be younger. So he's, he's mid-30s. He, he medically retired. He created this thing called 307 Project. They created something two years ago called the Basic Course, and it's three days backpacking in the wilderness with a team of eight so we were team 18, the 18th team to go through it. You're in this very remote wilderness area. You're taught basic survival skills along the way. But what I wasn't expecting was he is a intense dude and it wasn't just this fun little backpacking trip. It was super mentally exhausting. Um, you know, Day one, we kind of just screwed everything up. So you get your ass chewed all day long. 
And then day two, they're basically just like, okay, on the map, you know, they, they teach you basic navigation, point to where we're going on the map, and it's on you to find it. You know, get there. Yeah. And so right away we screw up and go in the wrong direction. And then after a while we go in the wrong direction again. And so you're just, you're screwing up. Basically it's like you can't do anything right the whole time. Then we had a team leader who gets fired. So he, he appoints me as the new team leader. And then from there, it's like after getting our ass chewed for over a day in the wilderness at that point, now I'm team leader (laughs) and I'm leading, you know, I've gotten good at leading, uh, leading. Well, I wouldn't even say good. I've gotten used to and more capable of leading our organization but or, our organization is tailored to me. So now this is seven other humans that I just met a day prior. And I have to lead them to mission success here in a very uncomfortable position. And it's, uh, it's a true test of, of leadership. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're leading a company that you built. Great. Okay. Well, I mean, that's not that big of a deal. How about you actually, how about you lead people that you just met? And, uh, it was very, very humbling. It was tough. It was tough. It was like, you just, you couldn't do anything right. Man. It was brutal, man. So when you're talking about like him chewing you out, like the first day, just like you guys are slow or no, just, um, like, is he like laying out, here's what you need to do. Here's how to do it. Well, even when like, you fail, here's- like we got lost the, the first, the first day and we, we just clearly didn't follow instructions. So we get lost, they pull us back and then they basically sit us down and I say, chew out like a stern talking to, and he's just basically like, Hey, if you guys keep doing this, we're not getting out of here Sunday. And just so you guys know, it's just us out here. This isn't a game. This isn't fun. There's not like a crew ready to get everybody home yeah and you guys can't even do the basics so i'm i'm not even slightly slightly impressed with you guys and then even day one it's like you know i get to camp and i start setting up my camp and everybody else's i've done a lot of backpacking i kind of know what's so I, okay great i'm gonna get myself dialed in and then figure out what else needs to be done and uh we all get sat down it's like hey you guys are all just miserably failing right now because you're thinking as individuals you're not thinking as a team but it wasn't it was like very, it was like cold water on the face. Oh, holy smokes. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely thinking like an individual here. And yeah, we need to start thinking like a team or else we're, we're screwed. So it was, uh, I'm super, I'm super glad I did it and it's still fresh. So I haven't really processed it yeah. all that much, but, um, very, very humbling to say the least. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. I can't wait to hear um, just as like the next couple of days and, and weeks pass, you're able to kind of like reflect on it in a way that you're not just still tired from the thing, <laughs> still just like, you know, physically and mentally exhausted from the experience itself. Um, I saw you post something on Instagram. Chemo forgot his food. Yeah. So Chemo, he had never backpacked before and we... We get there and the first task is to get your pack squared away. And so everybody's divvying up the group equipment. Everybody's getting their packs dialed in, packing, everything like that. There's weather rolling in. And so we need to get it done quickly. And Chemo's getting his stuff done, dialed in. They laid out all the group food. So you had to go over there, get all your group food for the day or get your food for for the three days. Mm -hmm. 
And we get to the first camp and everybody's like, all right, we're going to have dinner. So pull out your first meal for the night. And chemo realizes I didn't get any food. Oh, man. So right away, I mean, right away, he got so stoked on packing his bag, he forgot his food. <laughs> and we're, we're out there. This is straight wilderness. I have mm-hmm. not been this remote before. It was remote, man. It was remote. There was nothing out there. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can just go pick something else up. Or, I can't let, let me run to the... Uh... To the gas station real quick. Go get something. You know. Yeah, you're a day's hike to a lodge that has a small restaurant at it, but not even anything to purchase. It, it's it, that's where we started. Mm-hmm. So that's how. Yeah, it's just the whole first day was just a cluster, and then the whole Ugh. first, the second morning was just a cluster. It was just, it was just a cluster the whole time. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was a really good lesson in leadership, in patience, in being deliberate and being thoughtful and being a team player, um, not being, not worrying about yourself. It's, it's, it was pretty brutal. Woof. And it's, um, it's just a really effective tool. It's like the FTX too. You're just put in a situation that just strips everything away. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter what you have or where you live or how old you are or anything like that. It just, you can't hide. You you have what you have, and you you are who you are, mm-hmm. and so it's a very um, you, you just you can't hide. So you you know you, you know exactly where you're at when you leave. Yeah, because it was you had no choice but to be completely vulnerable because you're out in the middle of the wilderness. It's really unique. So as you're leaving something like that. Was there sort of like was there like a debrief at the end, just like hey, you know, here's how we all felt like this weekend went, kind of thing, or was it like we just hiked back and everybody got in their car and went home? No, so we we, we ended. We were look, we were rocking and rolling that last day. That we were dialed in, man, and we had gone way further than and then any other team had, and we we were looking really good. But at the end, I mean, we were five minutes from the end, and there's a balloon. That's stuck in a bush off to the right of the trail. And it's like a Valentine's Day balloon. It's tied to a bush. And I'm in the middle because I'm, I'm, I'm lead. So I want to be in the middle of the patrol to keep tabs on what's going on in front, what's going on behind me. Mm-hmm. It's like the FTX2. You have two squad leaders. You have two squads, squad one, squad two, eight people. So four people in each squad. And then me as the LPO. So... The first four guys who are in front of me walk past the balloon. We're making jokes. We're we're feeling good. We're still dialed in, but we're feeling good. We're almost done. And I walk by it, but it happened so quickly. I but I stopped to make sure that the back three people behind they were we were gonna get it. Cause I wasn't every single run I do. I pick up trash. Yeah, you've talked about that before. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a just a good sound principle. If there's trash, like this morning, I picked up a coffee cup while I was walking back to my coffee. I pick up trash, and I was, I was not going to leave it there, but I didn't act on it quickly, and I didn't do it myself. So Becca, who was behind me, she jumped in, she grabbed it. It like it happened so fucking fast. She grabs the balloon deflates it with a knife, throws it in the pack. We keep going. 
And then we get to the debrief at the end and he's just like, it took to the last person to get that balloon. And that it just proves like, okay, cool. You guys got the basics down, but it proves that you guys aren't even close to being where you need to be. And, uh, so we just, we just ended on that note. Like, like okay. <laughs> damn it. Damn. Like we were rocking and rolling, man. We lost that one, that one detail. It wasn't our responsibility, but it was. And we all walked past it, including me. I've technically walked past it. And all it would have taken was just one person to just stop, grab it before the whole team passed it and carry on. It would have ended fantastically. But it was that one detail that left us on a really, and, and Chad He's not a guy to make you feel good. No. Just about showing up or anything. He's, he's like, not going to rub your back as you're getting in the car. Yeah, which I think is good. I think it's really sobering. And I had a lot of that growing up with my friend's dad. It's exhausting and it's emotionally and mentally draining a lot of times, but it sobers you up super quick. Sure. And in, in short doses, it's super, super potent. So so that's how we, that's how we left it. And then next day you're back at work like nothing ever happened. Here we are. Woo. Do you have, uh, what's your like next, um, I don't want to say like training or like development, like activity or like plan, but like obviously that's, this thing was like pretty specifically like something you've been planned for, for a couple months or however long since you'd signed up. Do you have like another event like that kind of on the horizon for you? Mm, I don't know. I do. I run Boston next month. That'd be its own challenge, certainly. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm yeah. just, I'm just, I'm excited for Got that. To do it. And then we do the Grand Canyon render, render rim in May. Oh yeah. And that's gonna be a, that's a gonna beast. be a proper suffer fest. But the three seven project they have, if you graduate from the basic course, they have the Alpine course, which is the team leads that mission. It's up in the mountains of Utah. Wow. And it's more of a mountaineering type course. It's supposed to be pretty intense. Well, if this, I mean, this one's already pretty intense. So I'm sure that's. Yeah. So I might do that one, but I don't know. Oof. I need to, I need to chew on everything first. Yeah. <laughs> Take a minute. See what's up. Check the <clears throat> system check. I feel you. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for talking about that a good bit. That's pretty cool. Um, we have two questions for the internal podcast. You want to dig in? Um, Is there anything else you wanted to hit on? I guess kind of some lessons coming out of this yeah. were one the details really matter like the first campsite we left a rubber band and we heard about that and that was unacceptable a small rubber band we wrapped up we didn't act quickly enough on picking up a balloon so there's a lot going on right now we're moving quickly as a business keep in mind the details, if we lose track of the details, that's what's going to kill us. Mm -hmm. The details. So in whatever your role is, pay attention to the details. Pay attention to the details. Like the other day, I, there was an empty soda. I walk in, there's a soda can sitting on the counter. Someone drank a soda and left the fucking can on the counter. That's a detail that's going to kill the company. And it sounds insane, but that's where it starts. Yeah, I think that's 
to me, I think that's the important part to online. It's like a can on the counter isn't literally going to kill the company, obviously, but it's the 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 pattern of like behavior and like oh it's good we just don't have to worry about the details much somebody will figure it out yeah, you know, I, I don't have to worry about it I just spent a weekend failing a lot of those details but as a business we need to have a higher standard or else we're going to be in trouble yep and it's something as simple as just if we can't pick up a soda can off the counter of our office and we're saying we're going to go change a whole industry we can't even throw a soda can away. <laughs> And we're going to go make the whole dirt world a better place? Come on. So there was that that I think is, is super valuable. Being deliberate was huge. Mm-hmm. Out in the wilderness, when you're making your own fire, you're building your own shelter. We didn't even have a tent. We just had a tarp that we laid out. I was wondering, yeah. Um, you have to be really deliberate and thoughtful about everything. So all day, every day, it was so deliberate. So... Every individual with our, within our business, how can we be more deliberate? How can you be more thoughtful? How can you move with more intention throughout your day? Rather than just going through the motions, rather than just being ineffective. So just ask yourself, how can I be more deliberate? How can I be more thoughtful? Another core principle was patience. And that's big. And I need to be more patient especially with with where we're going um the investment for example i want it to happen yesterday yeah we need to have patience as a business and we need to have patience with each other so there's going to be times where you're going to be frustrated with other people on the team there's a lot of new people coming on the team there's a lot of new stuff going on there's going to be a lot of frustration make sure we're patient so we have to be deliberate. We have to we have to act with with discipline and pay attention to those details, but also be patient with it, one another because we're gonna need we're gonna need that patience to do what we're gonna do. Yeah, we're in a rush. Yeah, there's this urgency. Yes, we need to go make the dirt world a better place, but it's a it's a dichotomy. We can't just keep kicking in doors or else it's gonna be bad news. So patience was a big thing, and then just that last bit, and this was probably the biggest sobering thing for me I just talked about it was the selfless side of things everybody approaches life from their perspective and you really almost entirely act out of self-preservation a lot of times it's all about you and I'm speaking from uh, experience on this it's all about me and even in these small things like me worrying about setting up my camp for helping out someone else it's just something simple like that that begins that detail that really identifies where I'm at. So just think, where can you help others? Where are you being selfish? Where are you worrying about yourself before others? And think about it. And how can you put others before yourself in as many opportunities as you can? So if you, need, if you see someone needing help, especially when it, when it sets you back, that's an opportunity to, to jump in. So it's, it's, and I guess the last thing that stuck out with me were, was, was integrity. He talked about how they was told to not set down this radio when he was finding this point out into the wilderness. He sees this point way up on this ridge. He's like, I'm not bringing the radio up there. Puts it down by a tree, goes up to the point, grabs his point, heads back. All the trees look the same. Loses his radio. So he's frantically running around for an hour. And he's like, if I didn't find that radio, my career was done. Career was done. 
And the point it was just one small lapse of integrity could have crushed his entire career. Everything yeah. he had worked for. <laughs> just one small lapse of integrity. Yeah. And our mission, just one small lapse. We didn't pick up the balloon fast enough. Crushed the whole mission. The whole three days. Everything we accomplished got, just got crushed by that. And that's the point. It only takes one small lapse in, you know, you run onto a site and don't assess the risks beforehand and someone gets injured. Done. You know, it, it just takes one small act, one small lapse of integrity with anybody within our business to completely erode everything we built. Everything. Mm -hmm. Let the entire team down with just one small decision. So just keep that in mind. And don't, don't be paralyzed about not making decisions. But if you know something's wrong, there's that lapse of, of integrity. You know you need to do something, but you cut a corner and you do it the other way. That can potentially lead to entire, an entire mission failure and let the entire team down. Yeah. Because we're a team. So those are some of my, I guess to clarify, some of my initial lessons. Initial lessons, initial thoughts. Yeah. Thanks for going into that. I'm sure there'll be plenty more sure. as you process it more and, and kind of live in some of that experience. Because right now, I mean, obviously super fresh. Yeah. Um, well, right on. I'm ready for questions. Let's do some dirt. Nope, 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 nope. Mm -mm. Let's do some build an internal podcast questions. That sounds there good. we go. That sounds good. All righty. First question is from Ashley to Curtis. She says, please explain why GCs need to kick rocks. <clears throat> I just have not gotten along with many GCs. GCs are our managers. They are not people who actually build things. So they, a GC wins a contract for a building. They go out and procure all the subcontractors to actually do the work. So you have your earthwork contractor to, to move, move the dirt, utilities, electrical, concrete, mechanical. So you get all your subcontractors and they go build the job and you manage accordingly. So yes, GCs are, uh, are necessary. And I am, um, it, it's, it's a lot of just just my ego speaking when I say I don't like GCs, they're, they're necessary. Sure. But based on my research as well, GCs are extraordinarily, uh, there's a total lack of humility. Total lack of humility. And I think that's rooted in the fact that they don't actually do the work. So these civil, con I like working for civil contractors. Civil contractors are technically a general contractor, yeah. but they're doing the work themselves. There's a self-performed component of it. Mm -hmm. So they go out and acquire a road project, for example, C.W. Matthews. They're going to go build a highway project. They're going to go bid on that project. They're going to self-perform 80% of the work. And they're going to subcontract 20. So they still will have subcontractors, but they're doing the work. Whereas a GC, they go acquire the contract. They subcontract 100% of the work. Is that by definition they subcontract 100% of the work? Like if they're a, one of these like Typically. general contractors, they're definitely not self-performing anything? Typically, they're, okay. they're, they're very rarely not self-performing. And if they are, it's through another company that they okay. own, right? So okay. it's, it's, but it's, they're, they're, they're managing the work. 
They're, so, they're babysitting. So like a GC in that case doesn't really have many people who are like on site doing the work type of folks. It's, is that more of like an administrative Yeah, it's all subcontractors. Company? Yeah, exactly. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got it. So they're, they're in the office making sure all the paperwork's good to go and everybody's doing what they need to do, but they're not swinging hammers. And yet they're the ones that say like, yeah, we built that road, <laughs> our stamp on it. It's well, like, well, you didn't do any of the work. It's, it's buildings typically. Okay. More buildings. Yeah. Than, yeah. So okay. heavy civil, it's self-performed. So if it's a road project. Got it. I see what you're saying. Thank yes. You. Yeah. Um, so it's really a buildings, condos, that kind of thing. Um, and I've just had a lot of bad experiences with GCs. Yeah. Every single time someone, almost every single instance, someone's been a total asshole to me on a job site, it's been a GC. It's been a GC every single time. And it's like a middle manager at the GC that has to go out there because you didn't fill out the proper paperwork and just just chew your ass for no reason and then kick you off on site to go make a point. It's just so I have a bitter taste in my mouth from GCs, but they're they're very important. They're 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 necessary. There's great GCs out there. Um, but I like to just stay away because I like to work with people who self-perform work. And that's well, that's largely why we stick to just heavy civil makes sense. and don't wander into the GC space. So um, like Kiwit, for example, that's a civil contractor, you would say. Primarily. There's a lot of gray area. Sure. with com Especially companies that big. Yeah. So they still have a commercial side to their business. Small, but they'll be a GC, but they typically self-perform everything. Okay. So I like, I like companies that actually build stuff. Sure. So that's... That's why we stick with heavy civil primarily because everybody we work with, they're the ones building stuff. Whereas if you go onto a GC site, like right, right next door, we have JE Dunn. There's going to be no one building things wearing a JE Dunn vest. It's all going to be subcontractors. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it. So it's just more complex and I don't know. I, I, I like, like Randy, you know, Randy Blunt, for example, they work almost primarily just with GCs. So mm -hmm. GCs are their customer. They get all their money from GCs, all their revenue. So they're they're essential to the companies we work with. Our the companies we work with are a lot of times a subcontractor to GCs. But they are just they have a lot of rules, they're very particular and I don't like to deal with them. When you are a company like Blunt who the majority of their business is with GCs, does that like put a cap on your um, uh, like how big you can scale? No, because they're do they're they're helping with a multi billion dollar project right now. So the site package on a multi billion dollar project is still going to be pretty many good. tens yeah. of millions. You know, potentially a hundred million dollars mm -hmm. on one project. Okay. So, I mean, you you get this. You know, there's there's they're building battery and chip plants right now for fifteen billion dollars. So that's a fifteen billion dollar plant, fifteen billion dollar contract that that GC holds. There's a lot of work for everybody. True. It's it's yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Um so I'm just salty about GCs. Sure. It's really just a personal thing based off of personal like and not just one data point. It's very consistent. It's very, very, very every single time I've had a bad experience on a job site, it's been a GC. What are the GCs here in Nashville? You said J.E. Dunn is one. Like that's like pretty significant, a big player. Yeah, J.E. Dunn, Skansk. There's a bunch. Okay. I don't keep up with them. Sure. I have enough you going don't need on. To. That, yeah, I can. I, I don't. I have enough going on in the dirt world. Okay. And they just they just speak a different language. So like it's important make the dirt world a better place. Let's focus on the dirt world. They speak a very specific language. Let's speak their language. GCs are often a, a different world. It's still construction. 
are the companies we work with still work for them, but they speak a different language. Yeah. So even my personal preference aside, it's still as a business, it's just more beneficial just to focus on the dirt world. And the GCs will always be over here. Maybe the GCs will use our products, but let's not focus on them because that'll take us down a rabbit hole that won't best serve the dirt world. That makes sense. Thanks for talking into that. So my ego aside. Your ego aside. Mm -hmm. I mean no disrespect. I'm going to say something disrespectful. I'm just mm -hmm. kidding, but I, I feel like that's how that gets set up. Um, side note, I went to Old Glory this weekend. Oh, cool. The best. Yeah. The guy working the door was wearing a Jones Bros hat. Oh, really? Yeah. I almost said something, but I was like, he just looks like he saw the hat and it was like, had some like hipster cachet to it. Yeah. Because it would be like, oh retro man. Retro logo. That's, dude, don't, I'm working the dirt world. Yeah. But I didn't say anything. And then he would ask you, so so what do you do in the dirt world? Like, oh, what well, you, podcast. Well, well I, I don't actually work in the, yeah, I <laughs> do podcasts. for the dirt world? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and then you're standing at the door, you're trying to get into a bar. It's like, dude, we don't have this much time to con converse. Mm -hmm. Love to explain it, but. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, anywho, thanks for talking about that. Thanks for asking that question, Ashley. Uh, next question is from Chell. Chell Gerber. And Ashley, just to be clear, I have, uh, I've been known to have just, a big mouth and I'll <laughs> spout off. Get to talking. Me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm still a young, young, young buck, young bull in a china shop sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help just, just like talk shit sometimes. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not that I really believe this. It's just kind of fun to talk shit sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm with you. Everybody needs a, an arch nemesis, and mine is the GCs. <laughs> Yeah, we're not working with them, so we can kind of put them up there as like, that's the real bad yeah, guy here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, thanks, Ashley. All right, next question is from Chell, Chell Gerber. He says, what is your personal solution for task management? How do you keep track of all the stuff you got to do? Um, so I plan every day. I bring around a black notebook and that has my plan for the day in it. That has everything I need to do for that day in it. And I go down the list and I cross it off. Um, pretty official. It's pretty official, but <laughs> it's about, it starts the night before I plan the following day. And even it's in my calendar and everything, but I, I make the plan the night before I review it. So it's okay. When I get into the office that morning, this is what I need to execute tomorrow. And it just starts with the day before. I don't map the whole, I'll, I'll review the week on Saturday or Sunday yeah. just so I know if there's anything that, that I need to be aware of for that week. Okay, cool. I, I know I have this trip or this, this meeting's unique or, Hey, I have you know three podcasts one day, big picture, but I just do one day at a time. I don't go try to map the whole week out and try to, I, I, I review it for five or 10 minutes, check, and then every single night, I just map it out one day at a time. And then this, the other part of this that's not as uh, relatable, I hired someone <laughs> to help me with this exact, exact thing. Yeah, because yeah. there was just so much going on, I needed to delegate some of it to someone else. But it's, it's unrelatable, but also relatable. As we grow as a business, you have to ask yourself, what can I delegate to others to grow my career, to advance where I'm at in this organization, to focus on where I can bring the most value? And that's a question probably everybody at the company can answer. So I asked myself, you know, how can I be more effective in my mm -hmm. role? The answer was, I need someone, I need a Jessica to also operate, to just operate my life, 
I need to trust that individual, get to know that individual, let them get to know me, and then just operate as one. And yeah. that's where, where we're at. It's been remarkably beneficial to have someone else that I just wholeheartedly trust to help operate my life. And so, so it put in that way, it sounds super unrelatable, but, but it's not because as we grow as a business, that's what everybody needs to do. And it's going to look, it's going to look different for everybody, but you have to ask yourself, you know, okay, Hey, how can I, based on my understanding of the big picture here, here's the mission. And then here's what we're going to be doing to accomplish that. Here's the role I play in that. How can I be most effective? And am I doing things that are getting in the way of being most effective? And if I am, how can I rearrange things to just focus on what I need to be doing? Yeah. And, and okay, maybe that's a new hire or maybe that's a, a different schedule arrangement or I don't know what that looks like. There's probably a million different ways to do that. But that's a question everybody needs to ask themselves. And just how, I, how can I be more deliberate? So when I show up on Tuesday, I know what I need to be doing that day. I think that makes sense. I think what's fascinating about your process is so many of the things you do kind of have to like operate outside of the day to day. And you're not the only person who has to think that way. But I love that it's like, you know, we, we, we're building this like really complex, but like really powerful uh, like project management system, you know, so that all of us kind of know who needs to work on what and how that's get passed out, all that organized. And it's like, you're, you're still like for yourself, you're like, okay, I need to, you know, obviously you dial it in with Jessica and, you know, you're working very much in tandem there, but at the, at the same time, you're just like, I need a list and that's how I get to the things that like are important for I me. Need, oh, I need a list and a notebook. Mm -hmm. I cannot stand apps or I, I just, yeah. like, I don't, I don't like computer stuff. And yes, this is a guy that for whatever reason you said is, you're a reluctant tech ceo is building yeah building a computer company or yeah. technology whatever we are now um but that's what's most effective for me maybe mm -hmm. y y there is this tool that's way way there everybody's different so what what is you know how can you set yourself up based on who you are as an individual and that's one of the things you need to figure out too is how am i most effective what are my what do my most productive days look like how did i lay that out and do more of that. It's a learning process. I feel like I'm in the process right now of, you know, bringing on on Harrison and really figuring out, you know, how do how can we grow what you and I've been working on so far with the podcast? How can we, you know, take that to the next level from like a production perspective as well as, you know, leveraging the marketing team to grow all of this. But I think for the for the first time really in the past year, I'm having to think about, you know, how can how can I be more valuable? How can I like work on the things that I bring the most value in as opposed to these things are required to be, to be done for us to continue to do what we're doing. And that's like where my brain has to be. Um, and so I think I'm like both really um, like excited and appreciative for like the, the potential to think like that. But I think that's a really hard shift or can, can, can be a really hard shift going from these are all the things that need to be done for us to keep doing what we're doing and for us to be moving towards the goal we're trying to move towards. Going from that to, okay, now I have delegated these pieces that eat up a lot of time. How do I stop thinking about those things so I can focus on the, the new things that I, you know, I need to focus on now? Yeah. Um, I feel like that, that's definitely been a struggle um, for me to just like, even if, you know, I'm able to, you know, 
delegate some of these tasks to Harrison or to other members on the, the marketing team, it's still like, I'm still thinking about them and I'm still like kind of attached to them, even though it's like, well, that's, if that's really off my plate, I need to act like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's like a difficult uh, transition piece. But it has to happen. Yeah. And and then, hey, if if also, if you don't want that, that's cool too. <laughs> sure. Like not everybody has to go chip away at the ladder. That's That's not, you can be, like the podcast, for example, is one of the most influential things we do as a business. We could go dominate in the podcast space. You can, in theory, be a podcast producer for 30 years and still have a completely different career and in a completely different role every single one of those years. Yeah. So that's another thing is, is just figure out what the hell you want and, and try some things. But yeah, that's a big thing is, is no matter where you're at, whether you're growing into a different role or just growing as an individual, it's just it, the, the, the goalpost is, is constantly changing or it should be at least. And yeah. So it's, um, and, 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 and also the book I'm reading right now is very appropriate. It's called The Effective Executive. What is an effective executive? It's not a busy executive. It's an effective executive, which means they do the things that provide the most value to the organization consistently. And everybody is is an executive in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Everybody, we're we're all what's called a knowledge a knowledge worker. So we're not, you know, making pairs of shoes or laying pipe, for example. And our productivity is is how long <laughs> is how much pipe have we put in the ground today? Yeah. Our productivity is based on how much have we created, how much value have we created, and so you just have to think, how can I set myself up to create the most value? And that doesn't mean always being busy. I mean, when people, especially business owners, if I see a business owner that's just always running around or their phone's always going off and people always need them, that's a problem. That is a red flag. That means they're, they're, they're not truly in control leading that organization. Mm-hmm. And it could be a wildly successful organization. But I don't want to live that kind of life. I want to, have, I want to be able to go off in the mountains for three days and not have to worry about it. I wasn't worrying about what's going on back home. Yeah, plenty to work at. Worry about yourself. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm busy, but it's like because I want to be busy, not yeah. because I feel like I have to be. And oh my God, everybody needs me. Or, or just another example. Um, I like to have my mornings. I like to have them. I like to think. I like to do my thing in the morning. So I've said, hey, I don't want to be doing things before nine in the morning. I wake up at five, and I, so I've had four hours before I'll take my first meeting, but. I don't want to do things before nine o'clock. I need that time to be most effective in my workday. So what are the boundaries you can create for yourself that make you most effective? What are the work hours you need to make yourself most effective? There's a lot there and it's different for every single person. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That was a can of worms, but I don't know if that was super helpful, but I I thought that was great. I thought that was great. And I, I think, I mean, obviously expands on what's your personal solution for task management. But I think um, that's super valuable, I think, for all of us to be thinking about, um, you know, how can we best leverage like our our time and how can we make ourselves, you know, the most effective and, and most um, pro- create the most value with. And like sometimes that is like boundaries and sometimes that is like you're, like you're saying with your mornings, like that's boundaries is what you're setting. You're saying I, I, I need to focus on like things that are not work so that when I start taking these meetings, I'm like ready to go. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's also a, a, an important part of, you know, how, how do you make sure you get, you know, not just your stuff done, 
but like how how do you bring the most value to like what you're doing here at BuildWit? I think that's pretty cool. Exactly. Right on. Well, I think that is an internal podcast. I think we hit a couple pretty good things. Super. Well, if anybody has any other thoughts or questions, send them to alexbuild.com. Please. And we uh, we appreciate everybody listening this week. Sorry for the, the low energy. <laughs> everybody stay dirty. <laughs> stay dirty.